when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord James. Stately, plump, bug bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Catherine Lacey. Stream of life. What was the name of that priesty-looking chap was always squinting in when he passed? Weak eyes, woman. Stopped in Citron's St. Kevin's Parade. Pin something. Pendimus? My memory is getting... Pen? Of course, it's years ago. Noise of the trams, probably. Well, if he couldn't remember the day father's name that he sees every day. Bartell Darcy was the tenor, just coming out then. Seeing her home after practice, conceited fellow with his waxed-up mustache, gave her that song, Winds That Blow From the South. Windy night that was, I went to fetch her. There was that lodge meeting on about those lottery tickets after Goodwin's concert in the supper room or oak room of the mansion house. He and I behind. Sheet of her music blew out of my hand against the high school railings. Lucky it didn't. Things like that spoils the effect of a night for her. Professor Goodwin linking her in front, shaky on his pins, poor old sot. His farewell concerts. Positively last appearance on any stage. Maybe for months and maybe for never. Remember her laughing at the wind, her blizzard collar up? Corner of Harcourt Road. Remember that gust? Prue blew up all her skirts and her boa nearly smothered old Goodwin. She did get flushed in the wind. Remember when we got home, raking up the fire and frying up those pieces of lap of mutton for her supper with the chutney sauce she liked? and the mold rum. You could see her in the bedroom from the hearth, unclamping the busk of her stays, white. Swish and soft flop her stays made on the bed, always warm from her, always like to let herself out. Sitting there till near two, taking out her hairpins, Millie tucked up in Betty hose, happy, happy. That was the night. Oh, Mr. Bloom, how do you do? Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Breen? No use complaining. How is Molly those times? Haven't seen her for ages. In the pink, Mr. Bloom said gaily. Millie has a position down at Mullinger, you know. Go away. Isn't that grand for her? Yes, and a photographer's there, getting on like a house in fire. How are all your charges? All on the baker's list, Miss Preen said. How many has she? No other in sight. You're in black, I see. You have no... No, Mr. Bloom said. I have just come from a funeral. Going to crop up all day, I foresee. Who's dead? When? And what did he die of? Turn up like a bad penny. Oh, dear me, Miss Breen said. I hope it wasn't any near relation. May as well get her sympathy. Dingham, Mr. Bloom said. An old friend of mine, he died quite suddenly, poor fellow. Heart trouble, I believe. Funeral was this morning. 
Your funeral's tomorrow while you're coming through the rye. Diddle, diddle, dum, dum, diddle, diddle. Sad to lose the old friends, Miss Breen's woman eyes said melancholily. Now that's quite enough about that. Just quietly, husband. And your lord and master? Miss Breen turned up her two large eyes, hasn't lost them anyhow. Oh, don't be talking, she said. He's a caution to rattlesnakes. He's in there now with his law books, finding out the law of libel. He has me heart scalded. Wait till I show you. Hot mock turtle vapor and steam of new-baked jam puffs roly-poly poured out from Harrison's. The heavy noon reek tickled the top of Mr. Bloom's gullet. Want to make good pastry, butter, best flour, demerara sugar, or they'd taste it with the hot tea? Or is it from her? A barefoot Arab stood over the grating, breathing in the fumes. Deaden the gnaw of hunger that way. Pleasure or pain, is it? Penny dinner, knife and fork chained to the table. Opening her handbag, chipped leather, hat, pen, ought to have a guard on those things, stick it in a chap's eye, in the tram, rummaging, open, money, please take one, devils if they lose sixpence, raise cane, husband barging, where's the ten shillings I gave you on Monday, are you feeding your little brother's family, soiled handkerchief, medicine bottle, pastille that was fell, what is she? There must be a new moon out, she said. He's always bad then. Do you know what he did last night? Her hand ceased to rummage. Her eyes fixed themselves on him, wide and alarm, yet smiling. What? Mr. Bloom asked. Let her speak. Look straight in her eyes. I believe you. Trust me. Woke me up in the night, she said. Dream he had a nightmare. Indages said the ace of spades was walking up the stairs. The ace of spades, Mr. Bloom said. She took a folded postcard from her handbag. Read that, she said. He got it this morning. What is it, Mr. Bloom asked, taking the card. U.P. U.P. Up, she said. Someone taking a rise out of him. It's a great shame for them, whoever he is. Indeed it is, Mr. Bloom said. She took back the card, sighing. And now he's going round to Mr. Minton's office. He's going to take an action for 10,000 pounds, he said. She folded the card into her untidy bag and snapped the clutch. Same blue serge dress she had two years ago, the nap bleaching, seen its best days, wispish hair over her ears, and that dowdy toque, three old grapes to take the harm out of it, shabby genteel. She used to be a tasty dresser, lines round her mouth only a year or so older than Molly. See the eye that woman gave her, passing, cruel, the unfair sex. He looked still at her, holding back behind his look, his discontent. Pungent mock turtle, oxtail, mulligatawny. I'm hungry, too. Flakes of pastry on the gusset of her dress. Dab of sugary flour stuck to her cheek. Rhubarb tart with liberal fillings, rich fruit interior. Josie Powell was, Josie Powell that was, in Luke Doyle's long ago, Dolphin's Barn, the charades. U.P. Up. Change the subject. Do you ever see anything of, of Miss Beaufoy? Mr. Bloom asked. Mean a Purefoy, she said. Philip Beaufoy, I was thinking. 
Playgoers Club, Matcham often thinks of the masterstroke. Did I pull the chain? Yes, the last act. Yes. I just called to ask on the way in, is she over it? She's in the lying-in hospital on Hollis Street. Dr. Horn got her in. She's three days bad now. Oh, Mr. Bloom said. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, Miss Breen said. And a house full of kids at home. It's a very stiff birth, the nurse told me. Oh, Mr. Bloom said. His heavy, pitying gaze absorbed her news. His tongue clacked in compassion. I'm sorry to hear that, he said. Poor thing. Three days. That's terrible for her. Miss Breen nodded. She was taken bad on the Tuesday. Mr. Bloom touched her funny bone gently, warning her. Mind, let this man pass. A bony form strode along the curbstone from the river, staring with a rapt gaze into the sunlight through a heavy stringed glass. Tight as a skull piece, a tiny hat gripped his head. From his arm, a folded dust coat, a stick, and an umbrella dangled to his side. Watch him, Mr. Bloom said. He always walks outside the lamppost. Watch. Who is he, if that's a fair question, Miss Breen asked. Is he Dotty? His name is Cashel Boyle O'Connor Fitzmaurice Tisdale Farrell, Mr. Bloom said, smiling. Watch. He has enough of them, she said. Dennis will be like that one of these days. She broke off suddenly. There he is, she said. I must go after him. Goodbye. Remember me to Molly, won't you? I will, Mr. Bloom said. He watched her dodge through passers towards the shop fronts. Dennis Breen, in skimpy frock coat and blue canvas shoes, shuffled out of Harrison's, hugging two heavy tomes to his ribs. Blown in from the bay, like old times. He suffered her to overtake him without surprise and thrust his dull gray beard toward her, his loose jaw wagging as he spoke earnestly. Meshiga, off his chump. Mr. Bloom walked on again easily, seeing ahead of him in sunlight the tight skull piece, the dangling stick, umbrella, dust coat. Going the two days, watch him, out he goes again. One way of getting on in the world and that other old mosey lunatic in those duds. Hard time she must have with him. U.P. Up. I'll take my oath that was Alf Bergen or Richie Golding. Wrote it for a lark in the Scotch house. I bet anything. Round to Minton's office, his oyster eye staring at the postcard. Be a feast for the gods. He passed the Irish times. There might be other answers lying there. Like to answer them all. Good system for criminals. Code. At their lunch now, clerk with the glasses there doesn't know me. Oh, leave them there to simmer. Enough bother wading through the 44 of them. Wanted smart lady typist to aid gentlemen in literary work. I called you naughty, darling, because I do not like that other world. Please tell me, what is the meaning? Please tell me, what perfume does your wife? Tell me, who made the world? the way they spring those questions on you. And the other one, Lizzie Twig, my literary efforts have had good fortune to meet with the approval of the eminent poet A.E., Mr. Geo Russell. No time to do her hair drinking sloppy tea with a book of poetry. Best paper by long chalks for small ad. Got the provinces now, cook in general, ex-cuisine, housemaid kept. 
Wanted live man for spirit counter. Resp girl, R.C., wishes to hear of post in fruit or pork shop. James Carlyle made that. Six and a half percent dividend. Made a big deal on coat shares. Kakani, cunning, old scotch hunks. All the toady news. Our gracious and popular vicerine. Bought the Irish field now. Lady Mountcashel has quite recovered after her confinement and rode out with the Ward Union staghounds at the enlargement yesterday at Ratho. Uneatable fox, pot hunters, too. Fear injects juices make it tender enough for them. Riding astride, sit her horse like a man. Weight-carrying huntress, no side saddle or pillion. Not for her, not for Joe. First to the meat and in at the death. Strong as a brood mare, some of those horsey women. Swagger around livery stables. Toss off a glass of brandy neat while you'd say knife. That went at the Grosvenor this morning. Up with her on the car, wish, wish, stone wall, or five-barred gate, put her mount to it. Think that pug-nosed driver did it out of spite? Who is this, she was like. Oh, yes, Miss Miriam Dandrade that sold me her old wraps and black underclothes in the Shelbourne Hotel. Divorced Spanish-American. Didn't take a feather out of her, my handling them. As if I were her clothes horse. Saw her in the vice-regal party when Stubbs, the park ranger, got me in with the wheelin' at the express. Scavenging what the quality left. High tea, mayonnaise I poured on the plums, thinking it was custard. Her ears ought to have tingled for a few weeks after. Want to be a bull for her. Born courtesan. No nursery work for her, thanks. Poor Mrs. Purefoy, Methodist husband, method in his madness, saffron bun and milk and soda lunch in the educational dairy, eating with a stopwatch, 32 chews to the minute. Still his mutton-chop whiskers grew, supposed to be well-connected, Theodore's cousin in Dublin Castle, one Tony relative in every family, hardy annuals he presents her with, Saw him out at three jolly toppers marching along bareheaded and his eldest boy carrying one in a market net. The squalors, poor thing. Then having to give the breast year after year, all hours of the night. Selfish those TTs are. Dog in the manger. Only one lump of sugar in my tea, if you please. He stood at Fleet Street crossing. Luncheon interval a sixpenny at Rose. Must look up that ad in the National Library. An eight penny in the Burton. Better. On my way.